lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know. What you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Just look for Steve Dace there. Or at Steve Dace Show if you go to Twitter or Getter, G-E-T-T-R, at Steve Dace Show. And rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show is where we invite you to get Breakout clips of the program that are free of censorship and also free to view each and every day over at rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Also free, uh, if you are one of our viewers and listeners today, is an opportunity to look at maybe uh, why Panama is becoming an increasingly popular retirement destination. If you're tired of higher and higher taxes, crushing inflation, the looming stock market bubble that's probably about to pop. Um, don't just sit around here waiting for your retirement to waste away along with your freedoms. You've got a sand coastline from Panama that's just a couple hours away from Houston where every dollar in your savings account is worth up to 10 times more where taxes are 0%. And they haven't had a financial crisis in over 20 years. They were even immune from the uh, crash of 2008, where you can live on the beach in total comfort and security, all on maybe just about 25 grand a year. If you've always dreamed about retiring on the beach, why wait any longer? Check out for free the American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama from our friends over at buypanamanow.com. It's 100% free just to check it out. Buypanamanow.com slash Steve is where you can go. That's buypanamanow.com slash Steve. All right, coming up on the show today, we have an interesting theory posited to us by one of our uh, emailers that I want us to discuss in Pop Culture Tuesday. And I find it interesting because it's something I've not heard said anywhere else. I've not thought of. And it's about a topic we all three have some interest in and have discussed quite prevalently here on the show. So we will get into that, and it's right down the main street of, of the pop culture conversation. So we'll get into that later today. Also, we'll play our little game of fake news or not. That's coming up next hour. At the bottom of this hour, our old friend Shannon Joy will rejoin the show to talk about a new lawsuit, a new lawsuit that she has launched. We'll get the details on that. But before we get to all of those things, of course, we must begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Madness. Ahead of Joe Biden's State of the Union address tonight, the CDC changed the way it calculates its COVID risk formula. Oh, whoops, that's the wrong image. Oh, here we go. Uh, With the change, the United States went from being 90% high risk to less than 30%. In addition, schools from New York to Washington to California are finally lifting the mask mandates for school children. Dr. Leanna Wynn of CNN tweets from New York Times editorial board about New York City. This is the right time to lift the requirement for masks in schools. It's a lot to ask young children to wear masks for several hours a day, especially when so many adults seem to struggle with it. The president of the American Medical Association says he's going to continue to mask up indoors, though. Anyway, here's Joe Biden on why people aren't happy with him. It's a phenomenal negative psychological impact that COVID has had on the public psyche. 
And so you have an awful lot of people who are uh, notwithstanding the fact that uh, that uh, things have gotten so much better for them economically uh, that they are thinking, but how do you get up in the morning feeling happy? Right. Happy that everything's all right. Here's Jill Biden introducing Kamala Harris. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the, the vice president of the. <laughs> and here's Kamala Harris saying stuff. Because as we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. I went off script a little bit. (laughs) White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki defended the administration's decision not to sanction Russian energy assets. What this actually justifies in President Biden's view is the fact that we need to reduce our dependence on foreign oil, on oil in general, and need to and we need to look at other ways of process of having energy in our country and others. One of the interesting things, George, we've seen over the last week or so is that a number of European countries are recognizing they need to reduce their own reliance on Russian oil. Republican Senator Bill Cassidy tweets, we're all Ukrainians now. Republican Senator Roger Wicker wants World War Three, saying that NATO must impose a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Democrat Congressman Eric Swalwell is calling for Russian students to get booted from American universities. The Federal Emergency Management Agency has updated their guidance for nuclear explosions. On the FEMA website, the agency says it's important when people shelter for a nuclear strike, they maintain social distance and wear a mask. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. Neil Young threatens to leave Spotify again unless Vladimir Putin backs down from Ukraine. And that's what happened while we were away. Hmm, Well done. Aaron's montage brought to you by My Patriot Supply. You want to be prepared. The next time that they tell us it could never happen here, happens here. That's why they're offering you a chance to save 150 bucks and free shipping on their three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company. They specialize in long-term food storage. It'll stay good for up to 25 years. With proper storage, you get three meals a day, even drinks and snacks, 2,000-plus calories for you and your household. Save 150 bucks right now and get free shipping. Uh, discreetly they won't send the uh, chartreuse doom prepper van i mean you can ask for that maybe if you want that to happen but uh, if you want it just kept on the download they'll do that for you when you order and get delivery within three days at at preparewithdace.com get one kit for each person in your care at preparewithdace.com again that is preparewithdace.com getting uh, several reports even from friends and just uh, you know listeners about being crushed shadow banned not being updated on spotify has there been any recent issues with spotify and censorship that you guys can think of because this uh-huh. does seem to kind of come out of nowhere no seems ship shape over there yeah, in- indeed uh, that's just another reason folks why it, 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 <laughs> inevitably you're all going to have to get our content directly from us okay 10 bucks a month is what it costs to subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash dace. If you go there later today, right after today's show, we will record for Blaze TV subscribers the daily overtime that we do each broadcast day. Today's overtime will be a preview of tonight's upcoming State of the Union speech. All right. 
Uh, and you can watch that later today at blazetv.com slash Dace and go there right now. Make sure you don't have to worry about shadow bans and firewalls and uh, having algorithms crush your traffic. Just get it peer-to-peer directly from us for 10 bucks a month. Not just this show, but everything else we do exclusively here every day at blazetv.com slash Dace. All right, let's go to the montage with that in mind. And where do I even want to begin with this? Is that is that Kamala clip real? It's so odd. I know something cringe is happening every time I see a clip of her, and then I watch it, and I'm still just... I don't think she's human. I've, I've just... I've done this for a long time. I went to 11 different schools, K through 12. We moved around a ton. You know, I, I, I speak to thousands upon thousands of people every day. Interact with all kinds of people every day. That's part of this gig, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just got back from Universal Studios and pretty much I think the entire state of Florida was there. I mean, it was jam-packed. Went to Disney during uh, still the pandemic phase a couple of years ago, 2020. And they said they, they claimed they were limiting the traffic to 40% of what their normal levels were. That was a lie. Right? That was jam-packed too. Okay. I travel all the time for this gig. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I encounter a lot of people. I've never encountered anything claiming to be human that behaves like this woman. On a consistent basis. I, I've, I've just never seen anything like it. And, and so I think there are three possible explanations. Number one, chud. Number two, as in cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Number two is she is, she's actually terrific at this. She's the Daniel Day-Lewis of politicians. And that Daniel Day-Lewis so inhabits his characters, I find it creepy. He freaks me out. I've compared him to that Burger King guy before. He so inhabits his characters that you're like, I don't think that's a real person anymore. Right? And so she is so on point in performing the task before her for the spirit of the age that it, it, it's it's creepy. That's the se- that's a second option. The third is the woman is just so compromised on a molecular level as a human being that there's just no longer a real person there, and 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 therefore she is completely unawares of the vibe that she gives to everybody else. Which of those three are you going with? I, I think those are the three options here. Well, first, what's remarkable about all this is going back to the beginning when she was an up-and-comer. Hold up. Nope. But no, it, no, no, not, no, no, no. The official show position, remember. I'm not talking. Is that never happened? Not that okay. part. Go back further. Okay. She's working in California. All right. And she, we're hearing about her as an up-and-comer, and she's involved in the Planned Parenthood, st- like David Delight. No one on either side gave any inkling 
that she was like this. She was talked about like everybody, you know, craven, uh, 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 ambitious. But you never, I did you? We, I never heard anything like this about her back then when she was storming through California. So that informs my decision making. Okay. On this. Okay. It seems like something has changed. So. So it's possible that she's very good at this. And and you would yeah. ask, very good at what? The role is to provide um, a racial cover for Joe Biden while at the same time being in no way, shape, or form would anyone legit consider her an alternative to him regardless of whatever political situation he finds himself in, right? Like... If even if we had evidence that that Joe Biden knew in advance the jabs were either unworkable or poison, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like, would we really want to push so hard for his impeachment and removal, knowing that she would then? take that position mm-hmm. you, know what, you know what i'm no, trying to say he's she is his life insurance maybe literally but um that i mean that's her job her job mm-hmm. is to provide racial cover while also not being any form of a threat to him that makes anyone with any mm-hmm. any you know scheme or calculations within the democratic party think all right let's get rid of let's dump him faster than we can say andrew cuomo you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and let's just move on here She's not Letitia Wright, right? You, you, you could not envision her being in this position for longer than five minutes before Xi, Putin, um, Khomeini all get together and they're like, I mean, what time's the bombing start here? You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, like, like that is a sign, putting her up as the leader of the free world is a sign that it's just the full clown show has taken over and roll That's tanks, right. roll scene, roll tanks. Right. Red Dawn begin. Right. Okay. There's this show out on Netflix. You've probably seen that inventing Anna. No, I've not. I'm sorry. It's just, it's new. And it's about how this European young woman came over socialite or faking being a socialite. It's a little unclear and ultimately end up conning like all of New York. And it's at least based on a true story. Okay. I believe Okay. my point being, it speaks to it. I, I had, she might just be this good at being so shameless that she can and will morph into look at we know what Willie Brown uh she feigned enough confidence as AG now does she have to be competent at anything no she kind of just needs to keep rubbing things in uh, all the right faces to keep the all the the uh left all lathered up so i it might be number 2 steve and I had not even really pondered. In more ways than one, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. I hadn't thought of that until you posed it, but it might be. All right, Aaron, which of the three do you think it is? Well, Occam's razor is always in effect on this show, is it not? Yes. Although we're living in some weird times. We might need to re-evalu- reevaluate that. So Occam's razor being in effect, obviously, of those three options... Um, 
just a total lack of self. No, she, it's number one. She's a cannibalistic cumulative. <laughs> right. I, I, that's why I just tweeted that clip out. Hashtag Chud. All right, let's go to the rest of the of the montage. I I am just utterly fascinated with her. Just because I've just I've never encountered a being like her. Like I've never seen anyone so ineffective at virtually everything. So cringy. At, it's like a character. It's like she's not real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I pardon my rubbernecking. Whenever she comes up, I, I just can't stop but gawk. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I got to move on. Otherwise, we'll sit here. We'll be here till four o'clock. I mean, I, I could, <laughs> I could dig deep. Cue the Jesse Kelly uh, on <laughs> on analyzing Kamala Harris. Um, let's get to the rest of the montage. Aaron, do you have that map from CDC? Can we put that up there? Folks, to quote the great prophet, Brett Musburger, you are looking live at a scamdemic. And it's not even a smoking gun. This is the OJ if I did it. What you're looking at on the left is what CDC thought was the threat level for COVID-19 in America, what, about four days ago? That's a long time ago, right? Four days ago. Look at this. Four days ago, just a few days ago. Look at this. I mean, look at that. That's what they claimed just a few days ago. Now, on the right on your screen is after they have completely overhauled their metrics with no justifying methodology whatsoever other than a my bust okay um this is now what the threat level for covid is so four or five days ago the entire country is pretty much in red now no one no one is in red in the entire country anywhere And it just goes to show you what we have been telling you on this show for a couple of years now. Since this began, the only science that our CDC has done, and it's not even just Rochelle Walensky, this was going on under Michael Redfield too. He's a hack as well. Robert Redfield. Robert Redfield, thank you. Um, The only science our CDC has done this entire time has been political science. Maybe we should talk about Kamala for the rest of the show. (laughs) So here's what I would like us to discuss for a few minutes. Now, I have been the one. I was the one holdout here that they were going to take some form of an off ramp. I predicted they would at least try it in my 10 predictions for the new year. And I got more bullish on it the more I saw them maneuver and say things. That was clearly a setup for an off-ramp. But folks, there are off-ramps. Okay? And 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 then there's wormholes. All right? There are off-ramps. <laughs> okay? It takes time. You know, you got to get on the off-ramp. You got to drive Strange off. Doctor Strange is over here yeah, exactly. doing this thing. There, there's, there, I mean, <laughs> you, you can't just, 
you know, you got to turn your turn signal on, get in the right appropriate lane, maneuver and mosey on over there, and then navigate down the off ramp, right? You 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 cannot. In, hey kids, next exit, Wally World, and then like leap over the beam. All right, you you have to navigate the off ramp. All right, there are off ramps, and then there are there are wormholes. Then there is Dermamu. I've come to bargain again. Okay. <laughs> this is first of all player to player okay in the way and I mean this in the spirit that patent meant respect for Rommel respect I mean there's a lot of complaining amongst our colleagues in conservative media right now where they're doing all of this because the polling is bad and the state of the union is this week yeah, that's the game. That's the game. That is the game. That's not even them like cheating or that's the game. That's the way it's supposed to be played. You know, for a long time, we've allowed them to cheat and then said, well, we're going to play by the old rules because we're better than you and then complained about them cheating, right? Don't do that. That's dumb, right? In this case, this is the actual game. No one is cheating. Republicans could have done this. We had an election in 2020, right? They, Republicans had power. They could have set it up that it looked like we were doing much better with COVID and reassured people. They could have done all that. Did they do that? No. no. They could have stopped the drop boxes from happening that allowed them to uh, steal a uh, ballot harvest. Okay. They could have done that, right? Did they do that? No. No, they didn't do it. Hell, they even had to run it back to control the Senate in the Georgia runoff. Remember? And Mitch McConnell said, I will not be bullied into giving the American people any money. We're going to fund gender studies in Pakistan, root and branch, right? They did that instead. So Republicans could have done this. They didn't. Trump didn't do it. McConnell didn't do it. Nobody did it. So first, man, just player to player here. Respect. Okay. But if they are going to just flat out put it out there, if I did it, because that's what that map is. That is not a gaslight. That's not a retcon. That is just a flat out, if I did it, man. That's in your face. All clear. They they actually gave the all clear. I told you for two years was never coming. Didn't I say for two years? There will, there will never be an all clear. Turns out only Nixon could go to China. We have been given an all clear. We're done here. We're done. And I, I want us to discuss why. Because the simple answer here is because their polling is historically bad. Right? Yeah. I don't believe too much in simple answers. There were plenty of times that Barack Obama, now not this bad, but there was plenty of times for eight years that Barack Obama's polling was way underwater. See the 2010 midterms and the 2014 midterms when his party got absolutely annihilated. In the 2014 midterms, Democrats got like 28% of the white vote. Think about that, okay? We're still like almost 70% of the country, guys. 26% of the white, or 28% of the white vote is what Democrats got, I think, in the 2014 midterms. 
That's a wipeout. That's how you flip nine, a nine swing of Senate seats in one election, and Republicans did. But do you remember like the great, you know, we're going to kind of ease up on the Obamacare thing. Do you remember that? Do you remember any of that? Mm. We're going to get rid of those unpopular mandates. Remember any of that? No. I don't either. So this is a party that at no point in time Trump offered them double the amnesty they asked for. They shut the government down anyway. When was the last time you can think of Democrats acknowledging on a macro level political realities and dialing back voluntarily their own demands and message and narrative? When was the last time you can think of? That doesn't happen. It has not happened in recent times. Nothing that's significant. I cannot come up with a time for eight years under Obama. I I can't. So at least now we're almost to another century now, right? So it has the Bill Clinton era. I mean, we're going back to a different century now. That was another century where we did three strikes and you're out, right? We did Defense of Marriage Act, balanced budgets, uh, you know, um, welfare reform. You couldn't be on for like more than a year or something. I remember it was. So in this century, can we think of a time on a macro level, not your governor, you know, like in Kansas, the Kansas governor came out earlier this year against jab mandates because she's a Democrat in a deep red state. I'm not talking about your parochial situation on a macro level from on high. Let's ask Aaron. He's the young guy here. Aaron, can you think of a time when on a macro level voluntarily and, and under their own initiative, Democrats rolled back their own narrative demands and policies? Well, the, by definition, the answer to that question is no, because we haven't had we haven't had a narrative like this in my lifetime. So the answer is, I, I think, by definition, no, because this is the the biggest and most pernicious narrative um, maybe you guys have ever, it even, is. In, even that, in your life. It's certainly the most systemic. Correct. No question. I mean, mm-hmm. this is impacting every single voter there is. And, and now that could be the answer. It could just be we're looking at essentially, you know, a decade of, of Obamacare election losses in one cycle. Where, we're, where all our gubernatorial candidates that we care about, the, the wipeout is so damaging that it, you're looking at something no major political party has really seen ever in American history. Maybe that's what their numbers are telling them. I, I don't know. I just know this is the first time I can remember. So that that's before I was doing this for a living, ever going back to the Clinton era. I was not doing this for a living yet. Okay. I mean, I just gotten started in sports talk radio when, when he left, when he was leaving office. So not during my career can I think of anything like what they're doing right now. And I think it is worthwhile of us to discuss why to see if there's any lessons we can learn from it, Todd. Well, th- those numbers notwithstanding, do we believe, though, that this is a turning of the tide? Do we feel like conservatism is on the rise? Do we feel any of that? No, I no, feel I feel, feel like what happened is they've just came in and preempted our ability to claim victory. They got ahead of the trucker convoy. They got ahead of mass, more mass red state revolts. Blue states were beginning to revolt now. Uh, to me, I, I feel like they kind of just cut us off at the knees and cut us off at the pass and, and are going to do the things that we were going to demand that they did. And they're just going to 
do yeah. them on their own for the most so part. So I don't think they're really that scared of the loss because even when they lose, we win because the GOP uh, is who they are. And also, furthermore, with this graph, here's you. we were both right. The off-ramp, you couldn't have conceived to be turned into the wormhole. Like, this is another dimension. Like, we've gone to Earth 2. Yeah. Yeah. And my point is, they can't give this up. I couldn't have conceived that they would... Th- th- this is uh, a few good men where he's trying to figure out how he's going to beat Nicholson. Colonel, uh, Colonel, whatever. He wants, Jessup. Colonel Jessup. Colonel Jessup. He wants to say it. He needs to say it. Yeah. This is them just flat out saying, yeah, you're darn right. This was all political all along and it worked and we're going to do it again. And there's nothing you can do to stop us. So why, why did they think that this was the moment then they had to show that? Ukraine. It, it takes enough cover off it. They can say it without having accountability. So what you're saying, Todd, is that uh, potential nuclear war with Russia is pulling better than their COVID policies. And that's not pulling that great either. So this was the cover now where, yes. they're, where they could just make it happen without it being obvious that they were making it happen. This is a, this is a, this is a Friday news dump. Oh, yeah. Doing it right now. Yeah. Interesting. And they get to say what they really want to say. Interesting. What are you going to do to us? That's a criminal. They, that's that's worthy right there of public hangings. Just posting that oh, graphic. No question it is. And nothing's going to happen. And they know it. And they're rubbing our face in it. Aaron, what do you think? I I generally agree with Todd. I mean, this is like uh, this is like a football team at the end of the game. It's like, you know, we could pad our stats a little bit, but um, maybe, time, maybe time to take a couple knees, run a couple of uh, run plays, and uh, we'll see you next week. We'll come back. Good friend of the show, Shannon Joy, will join us here in a moment. You know, trying to sell your home in any economic environment can be challenging, stressful, having it constantly ready. And then they don't show up or they make the demands to come over and look at it at the last minute. But it's especially difficult in these unprecedented times. Bing. That's why you want to make sure you go in with a real estate agent you can trust. Hey, that sounds easy enough. Where would I find one of those? Well, they certainly don't have a website that says realestateagentsicantrust.com. They don't tell you when you go to the real estate firms in your area or the area you're trying to move to. Hey, don't hire these guys. They're clowns. They don't tell you that. Okay. Thankfully, though, there is a website called realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates because they ran into, you guessed it, real estate agents they couldn't trust. They didn't want that to happen to us, and so that's why they started this referral service just about anywhere you want to move to or from. We can probably help you find a real estate agent you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's welcome in a longtime friend of the show, New York talk show host, Shannon Joy. It is good to see you again, Shannon. How are you? Hey, fellas. How are you? Good to see you. Very good. So um, because you don't have enough to do and aren't hated enough, uh, you have decided to launch another attack against the spirit of the age. Tell us about it. So your audience probably remembers a few months ago, school board meeting. I was joined by other parents in my school district and for the crime of allowing my mask to slip below my nose to put a piece of gum in my mouth. uh, I was arrested by multiple Monroe County sheriffs thrown in the back of a car, cuffed and stuffed and charged with trespass. 
which was thrown out. Thank you to my attorneys. Corey Hogan is with us from Hogan Willig, who represented me. It was thrown out a little over three weeks after in the interest of justice. Now, since that happened, we have uncovered a lot of information about what happened at that school board meeting and in an effort to fight for parents across the country. Uh, one of the things that sticks out with what happened to me is that we have seen this play out across the nation from California to New York, Texas, Florida. We've seen parents thrown out of school board meetings, using trespass, uh, abusing police forces and, and their legitimate role to suppress dissent. And we would like to make an example of this school board. We would like to make an example of the Monroe County Sheriff's Department who acted inappropriately. We would like to make an example of the individual school board members who we are naming along with the superintendent so well, that this never happens to another parent ever again in this country. And so we have launched a, a, a substantial lawsuit in federal court and we are going to hopefully bring as much attention as we possibly can to this case so that we can have this discussion once and for all and make sure that this never happens again. So tell us about Corey Hogan. We're going to talk to him in a minute. Your, your attorney, why you selected Corey. Corey has been one of the early adapters. Actually, we found each other in the early months of 2020 when there were no other attorneys in the country that were addressing the issues of forced masking, forced lockdowns, and the abuse that was felt so keenly by New York State citizens especially. And so Corey has in his firm, they've represented me, honestly, guys, <laughs> Pro bono, I've, I've gotten into scrapes even before this for the crime of speaking out and telling the truth. And they have represented parents, individuals, businesses across the state. And so when this happened, they were the first people I called. I mean, it's a very, very scary thing to be alone and to be arrested. I've never been arrested in my life. Uh, I was humiliated. My family was uh, traumatized by this. And they were just right there immediately. <laughs> to help, and, and that's what they've done. I trust them implicitly, especially Corey. He is a freedom fighter, he believes in liberty, and he's been using um, you know, his space in the world, his expertise as an attorney, a large law firm in Buffalo, to help people in the interest of liberty. So Corey, what got you hooked up uh, with Shannon here, other than clearly you had some public service hours that uh, you needed to fulfill, uh, <laughs> and you did that through pro bono work with her, or is it something else about uh, her courage of conviction that uh, that brought you to the fold. Yeah, Steve, you know probably as well as anybody the uh, attempts that the government has been making over the last two, two and a half years to, I think, keep a lot of truth from the general public. And Shannon has been out there, from my perspective, trying to at least bring that information to everybody so that everybody can, on their own, make their own decision as to what's best for them and their own family. Uh, what happened here was at least what we understand right now was that there was a premeditated effort here uh, to do whatever they could do to intimidate and prevent her uh, from speaking out of the school board meeting, which has been, I've noticed as we've been checking the cases around the country, something that uh, anybody in power, uh, whether it's a mayor, a county executive, a governor or a president has been attempting to do. And it, it happens on a local school board level. So what took place here, from what we understand, is that this school board, ahead of time, 
made a decision to bring in some ringers, probably about 20, 25 people uh, that would support the school board. They hired private security, I don't know, three or four or five individuals, we'll have to find that out uh, for this meeting and maybe even the one before it. And then they had the, what we understand, the Monroe County Sheriff's Department on call, ready to be uh, brought in uh, when they made a decision as to when they wanted to basically, you know, pull the switch and get Shannon arrested. What we have going for us here uh, which is what you find out in a lot of lawsuits when they're successful, is we actually have footage showing pretty much the, the, the whole charade. Uh, what's going to happen, we filed our claim in federal court. Uh, the school board that uh, named the individual board members, or seven of them, including the superintendent. Uh, we named the individual sheriffs that were involved in the arrest because we're interested in trying to get full understanding of just what was done ahead of time. Because at the end of the day, their goal is to basically have sheep come into a school board meeting, uh, sit there, not raise any issues that might be contentious, which at the end of the day is not good for the school system, not good for the parents, and most importantly, it's not good for the pupils. These are kids who we have an obligation as adults and parents to properly educate. And the way you do that, I think, is to have open and fair discussions as to how you bring about that education so that everybody is heard and decisions are made based upon information that is freely shared. And that is exactly the opposite of what's been going on uh, with respect to the lockdowns, with respect to the vaccinations, with respect to the face masks. And this is just a piece of it, but it's kind of symbolic of what has been going on. So we know uh, the school board here has got a budget of about $130 million. Uh, we know we're gonna be faced with serious opposition. Uh, they're gonna make a motion, I'm sure, is before they, they even put in an answer to try to dismiss the case. They do not want this action to see the light of day. So they will, there'll be a number of different attorneys involved, do whatever they can to try to prevent this from going to the next stage which is the discovery stage where we actually get to bring their people in and find out what was taking place here. Why were they so interested in muzzling Shannon? And the footage, I think, will be very, very helpful to be able to show a judge when they attempt on their part to prevent this information from seeing the light of day. You talk about precedent setters, Corey. If they're willing to engage in these sorts of tactics against someone like Shannon, who has a platform to speak out, to fight back, to rally people to her cause, has contacts with because of that platform, has contacts with individuals like you that can help provide more means and, and opportunities for her to do so. If they're willing to do this against someone that they probably suspected going in would be able to punch back on some level, what does that say they're willing to do to just any regular everyday mom and dad that don't have those kinds of advantages. Yeah, well, it goes on every day, Steve, that the powerful have the ability, the tendency to want to retain that power and to make it absolute. Uh, and so whether it's a governor that's basically imposing her own personal belief as to whether people should be wearing face masks or uh, getting vaccinated, or if somebody on the school board level that basically want to impose their own personal belief, they want to take the school board members, they really don't want uh, information uh, controversy with the public. They want to run things their way. It's much more convenient. We're seeing this taking place across the country now where governors are not really interested in giving up their emergency powers. We're seeing that here in Buffalo, New York, uh, where we have a county executive who has declared a, a, an emergency uh, 
go on a countywide basis for something that's been going on for now for two years, and there's no need for it anymore. He still insists on retaining these executive one voice controls the whole situation power. It's necessary for the citizens to say we've had enough, and that is taking place. But it's hard for the individual by themselves to be able to fight something like this because they don't have the resources. Uh, the, the school boards, mayors, governors, they have millions and millions of dollars at their disposal, and they will use it to try to, to, try to prevent dissent. And that, that one thing I've learned through this COVID is that the Constitution that you used to think maybe mattered, mm -hmm. I don't know that it matters all that much to mm -hmm. just about anybody, including a lot of the judges. No. Mm. We're not a nation of laws, Corey, and we never have been. We're a nation of political will, and we always will be. So, Shannon... What do you have to say to encourage other parents out there that want to take on uh, some accountability for their school boards? And then how can people follow your case now as it makes its way through federal court? I think my message to parents is to continue to stand up, continue to fight back. You have the, the truth on your side. Always be respectful, but never, ever, ever back down. Uh, we think that my case, Steve, is very unique. We have so much documentary evidence. We have footage of the superintendent himself in that meeting with his face mask below his nose. We have a judge who has already thrown this case out. And we think this is, is going to be one of the best ways that we can fight back for parents across the country. So, you know, we're engaging, we're embarking on this mission. We're doing as much press, as much media as we can to bring attention to this case so that if a judge tries to dismiss it, they won't be able to do it in darkness. And we're also trying to raise funds. Um, you know, I mentioned that Corey has represented me uh, pro bono really for the past 12 months. But uh, as we move to try to push this through that motion to dismiss and, and perhaps even take it uh, you know, to higher courts, we'll go as high as we need to go. There definitely are resources that we, we really need uh, to try to you know, build up. And so anyone who wants to read the entire complaint, if you wanna look at all the video and the footage, you can go to Hogan Willig and just uh, Google Shannon Joy and Hogan Willig. There's a whole page on their website. You can contribute to the legal fund, which is gonna be very important. We do need to raise money. And, uh, but we have, we've made a commitment to each other that we're gonna take this as far as we possibly can on behalf of parents. It, it means that much to us. And uh, we're willing to do, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time and effort, you know, just even to get this far, but we want to do this for all of you. And so we're asking that uh, you help us and uh, we're going to win. We're going to win. If people want to help, where do they go? So you just Google Hogan Willig and Shannon Joy. That will bring you to the Hogan Willig website. There's a splash, pa a splash page set up, you know, right there that has links for people to donate whether it's Venmo, Apple Pay, PayPal, credit card, and it has all of the details on the case. And there's a lot there. There's a lot of footage, a lot of video, and people can make the determination for themselves if it's something they think is, is worth getting behind. Well, good luck to you. We'll definitely be following the case. All right, God bless both of you. Appreciate the time. Take care. Thank you, Steve. Bye-bye you, now. You bet. Thank you so much, Steve. You bet. Take care. So right now, you're the only one on the show that has to deal with a school board. For yeah. your kids, right? So what's your reaction to that? Yeah, it it's lonely, uh, but it takes this level of I see you and I raise you. I just got done experiencing it today. Uh, it, it's never ending. They they thrive 
on making problems worse and counting on sooner or later you'll be worn out and walk yeah, away yeah. and most people are and you know with shannon and me you you can't it's never gonna work so uh you just have to keep bringing it and yeah one is enough unfortunately folks why does it only have to be one what are the rest of you doing stop letting your entire country be raped and pillaged at the school board level it's really easy to beat these people if you all show up it's actually kind of easy even if you're just alone you just have to be patient and bide your time but good grief stop letting these people punk you they're terrible at this they're terrible at this but you guys are terrible at something else out there you're terrible at wanting comfort above all else Aaron. Well said. And, um, you know, we, we owe whether or not you're involved to the level that Todd is with his school board or not at all. We owe, we owe people like Shannon and, uh, and, and Todd too, but, uh, people, people like these, uh, a debt of gratitude for actually sticking their necks out there. And then like Shannon going all the way and saying, um, you know what she's doing right now? She's saying, let's find out. Mm-hmm. Let's find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's find out if you're really all this. Let's find out if you really thought through coordinating to arrest me that night. Let's let's find out if you did that. And uh, whether or not they find any answers being served with a, a federal lawsuit or a lawsuit in federal court. Um, you might think that at least on some level, those wannabe petty tyrants on that school board the next time they want to do this again or do anything like that again, they might be asking themselves another, do I really want to go through with this? Might be looking behind their back. And that's a good thing because guess what? They work for Shannon. They work for you. They work for me. Um, and if they want to be tyrants, they better look behind their back. And if they want to be just good public servants, then they better be held accountable. And that's what we're seeing right here. Well said, both of you. You know, how much equity do you have in your home? Don't find out the hard way uh, when you go to take advantage of it and find out it's gone because a cyber criminal took it from you. Uh, That's why you want to go to HomeTitleLock.com, America's leader in home title protection, because here's the issue. The deeds to our homes these days, uh, the only document that often proves we own it, are kept online, and that's where hackers and scammers can hack in. Uh, And I know it sounds crazy, but this absolutely does go on. It is a common identity theft, more common identity theft problem than you think. And your mortgage lender and your homeowner's insurance can't protect you. But our friends at Home Title Lock will. They'll give you the peace of mind to know that your home and its deed is protected. They put a virtual barrier around your home's title the instant they detect any attempt at tampering whatsoever. They mobilize to shut it down. So check them out at HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO when you're there. All right. At HomeTitleLock.com. Code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Uh, we'll come back. We've got one more hour to go here. We're going to play Fake News or Not. An old school rendition of how we used to do that uh, segment on a regular basis. And then a conversation to pop for Pop Culture Tuesday I'm looking forward to having and getting Todd and Aaron's reaction to one of our listeners' hypotheses. We'll do that when we return. All right, let's get hour two. Up and running here on the Steve Day Show. That's me, Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. You are you. Let us know who you are and what you think about what we think. 
via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E, look for me, Steve Dace, on Facebook, MeWe Parlor, and Gab, at Steve Dace Show on uh, Twitter, and also Getter, and then get clips of the show over at uh, rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And if you're a podcast listener, please, uh, your daily reminder, leave us a five-star review, hit subscribe, follow, whichever applies to whichever platform you subscribe uh, us through, because those things help our show to continue to grow. And most of all, they please our benevolent overlords here uh, at Blaze Media. So thank you to all of you that have done those uh, offerings to soothe the angst and anguish about this program that uh, they, I'm, I'm sure, have. Not that that's been communicated to me. I just, I don't know how you couldn't possibly have angst and anguish over this program, frankly. All right, so thanks to all of you that have done your bit to provide us a little bit of cover. Thank you. Um, this portion of the show, which we call Fake News or Not, is brought to you by Public SQ. Across the country, Americans are discovering... That if you want to change the nation, you got to change how the marketplace works. Woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political activism. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values. It's time to change that. And that change starts with our own wallets. That's why we are proud to be partnering with Public SQ, you know, for Public Square, the largest directory of freedom-loving businesses the nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that buys local uh, from farm to table, a coffee shop that took a stand against the mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your views, Public SQ is your guide. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple App Store or Google Play, create a a free account, and you can begin your search from there. You can also list your business there for free so that your local community can find you today. Download the app today public sq public sq again that's public sq a great idea by the way on how to further create an alternative economy this is a great idea so get the app at public sq all right we haven't done it this way in a while so i thought today let's do a little old school fake news or not the way we used to do it and this is where i come up with a series of clips and then each of you todd and aaron after viewing it will decide do you think that the clip is fake news or not. Are we ready to go? Let's go. All right. We begin. She has been too underfeatured during this segment. And of course, I'm thinking of the one and only Jen Psaki. Was it a tactical error, Jen, for the U.S. not to say it is possible we would send in military forces? Should the president not have taken that off the table, at least in terms of what he was saying? We haven't for Taiwan, for example. Well, the the president wants to be direct, has always wanted to be direct about with the American people about what he will do and what he will not do. He is not sending U.S. forces, men and women who fight for our military, into Ukraine to fight a war with Russia. All right. Fake news or not? Who wants the first stab at this one? Uh, well, <clears throat> I think it's I think it's fake news. I mean, this is the playbook that they've been following the whole time. Where, on the one hand, oh, we don't want to get involved, but you're not really doing or doing anything that would actually try to de-escalate the situation in a meaningful way. And so it's uh, it's fake news. Also, by the way, um, war is a two-way street, right? Right. 
Mm-hmm. You're not just at, you don't just get to choose if, I mean, Ukraine, you know, if the narrative that we're being fed is true, didn't just get to choose, oh, no, we don't want a war. Okay. And Russia and the Kremlin's like, oh, okay, my bad, my bad. We'll get out of here. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, if, if, the, if, there's absolutely no talk there of, of a concrete plan to de-escalate. There's just hopes and dreams. Um, but then again, that, that fits in with the uh, progressive worldview, typecasting the enemy or the opponent into what you think they should be. Hmm. I'm going to let you comment before I do, Todd. Go ahead. It's fake news, and it has nothing at all to do with Ukraine, war, Russia, anything. It just has to do with the fact that she says the president always wants to be direct. He, he never. You're warm tongue. Your job is to be the opposite. Uh, of direct you're never direct nor is he so you could have militarily the stuff that was in there was there's so many more preposterous things that she's ever said about she's actually saying we don't want to get troops involved that's a good thing uh quite frankly uh but it's the fact that you, you you simply can't believe a word she says and we know this president he has a, l- a lot of intentions for us, but being direct is not one of them. So when when she states something that is actually pretty obvious, which is from a, a strategic standpoint, there's much more strategic value to Taiwan than there is Ukraine from a military standpoint. Her track record of previous obfuscations is so renowned for you that even something that is that yeah. face value apparent, you still yeah. can't even abide it is essentially what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I don't disagree. I, I just, I, I'm just clarifying. Yeah. Is it, is it possible to do her job? I know a lot of people I've talked to the last few years have asked me, Hey, if Cruz had won, would you have gotten that gig? And I don't think so. I mean, I, 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 I think, I mean, I've never said this because I don't know for sure it's true. I just kind of suspected it. The last time the campaign booked me as a surrogate on a debate panel is when um, I went right after Kaylee McEnany for the Trump campaign's lie that we were stealing elections. Okay. You mm-hmm. guys remember this? Yep. Mm-hmm. It was just a flat out lie. And I called her a liar for it on CNN. Yes. Okay. I mean, there's no way I could do, I could have done that job the first day. I'm going to like, I mean, Jim. Yeah. Acosta, you don't be a douche. Do you have a question? Like I just, I couldn't do it. I, I can't foresee I would have gotten that gig. All right. But but is there a way to do this job without lying? Regardless of who you are, Larry Speaks, Marlon Fitzwater, Tony Snow, okay, Kaylee McEnany, um, Jen Psaki. Why am I having a brain fart on who Obama's White House spokesperson was? Oh, it was the Jay Carney from Time Magazine. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was originally anyway. What kind of lies are we talking? Lies of commission or omission? Well, one man's, li- can, one I, man's lie of om- omission is another man's Boaz, right? Correct. I mean, did Boaz commit a lie of so omission? You can, you can do the job without 
committing lies of commission. Commission. Okay, yeah. Because information, particularly when we're dealing with a, with a, with an enemy media, just, is all on a yeah, need to know basis, just turn, right? Turn the question around. E- exactly. On them okay. Every time. Yeah. Can you do that job without a lie of commission? Can you do it without a lie of commission? Is it possible? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think so. It's a, yeah. It's a, I don't think uh, the highest office in the land cannot be immune from fundamental character. Can, can it? Is it possible to do it in this era? Oh, it it's, has to be more possible than ever. Otherwise, what's okay. the what the heck's the point? Okay. All right, let's get to clip number two. Uh, does Putin have a perception problem? Well, he's got a big problem on his hands, Putin, as a strong man, right? Not, again, I can't say this, I'm not a man who's strong, but a strong man. What do they rely on? They rely on the, the, the perceived public support of what they're doing, right? You know, Kim Jong-un has photos of himself at everybody's home. You, you get what I'm talking about? It's obviously a propaganda effort, right? The problem with that propaganda effort is in order to overcome the economic problem in, in economics of the prisoner's dilemma, right? Why it is that 100 prison guards can keep, yep. uh, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, 10,000 prisoners under control is because the prisoners have a coordination problem. Gotcha. They don't know who's going to agree to break out. Well, the problem with public protest for Putin is now the public is seeing that everybody else is agreeing that Putin sucks and he's going to have a serious public perception problem on his hands, which defeats the strongman agenda and his mask of strength. Yeah. So I use this clip from my buddy Dan Bongino because it's a shorter version of my own theory, one of my own theories, and I put a Twitter thread out about this last night, that... Uh, number one, I think we are getting a dramatically different idea of how the war, this this invasion is going through social media and our own media propaganda than what is likely happening on the ground there. OK, number two, there is no way I believe that that Vladimir Putin can take an L. That just cannot happen. And because of because because he rules exactly the way that Dan just described, Russia is a vast country. Stalin could not even rule it unilaterally. It required a Politburo. It required a vast administrative state to keep such a vast amount of territory in line. Um, and that's even just native Russia without the extended Soviet republics that were would be attached to it later. And so a lot of that comes from fear and intimidation, particularly a country that is loaded with gangsters and thugs and wannabe despots and wannabe Putins. Those 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 lower warlords are kept in line because of fear and intimidation. He crosses over to Ukraine and face plants. Suddenly word gets out, man, the old man over here, the aging dictator, he's kind of lost his, his mojo there. They're out of blue pills over there at the Kremlin. So maybe it's uh, Sergei or Yuri, Yuri, the new wants to be the new Putin and maybe decides... Let's test the old man and uh, let's see what he's got. That's what Dan's talking about, that he can't afford that because when you rule by fear and intimidation, when that is lost, it's gone fast and it's 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 very difficult to gain it back. So thoughts on that analysis. Poor Dan, I'm using him as a proxy for me here. But is that fake news or not? Because I think that also then leads to a second issue, which is. If it really were going the way our media and social media is depicting, what would a desperate form of Vladimir Putin do in order, knowing this, in order to make sure that victory is, is assured? And maybe we got a hint of that on, on Sunday when he put his nuclear forces on high alert, okay, that he just, he knows more than anybody 
he cannot take an L here. He realizes that. So what would a desperate Putin do if indeed things were going the way that our media propaganda is claiming? Thoughts? Well, I thought that was fascinating analysis. I guess I have a different, slightly different take. So I'll, I'll say it's it's fake news and that the people there are, listen, we've seen what the links it goes to just in uh, ostensibly free places like America uh, and uh, Canada the links people had to go to claim that freedom. I don't think a, uh, like Russia, the people of Russia, for them to rally up and and clearly signal that this is unacceptable, it has to go so far beyond that. And this has, so fundamentally, I think this has less to do with both the people at large and Putin. I think it has to do with their version of the elites. Their version of the elites is not our elites. It, it, it's different sectors. You know, the bureaucracy, that that web of uh, power that you just laid out. Some mm-hmm. of it is actual uh, government. Some of it uh, runs the streets, so to speak. But it is those people and which way they go that ultimately have a very, very much to me, have a thumbs up or thumbs down comment. But if because if they all say, you know, there's no way I'm giving up on Vladimir Putin until like the... Uh, 11th hour then the, the the people are going to be made to feel great pain and their voice is going to be stifled out in a heartbeat okay i think todd's analysis is 100 percent on the money because uh, that's <clears throat> i don't think um putin because of because of the vastness of the of that empire of that country he, he can afford to play whack-a-mole with protests in the cities what he can't afford to do is playing whack-a-mole with entire territories yeah. out in Siberia. Yeah. You're right. And um, so, I, and I think, you know, whatever industry there is out there, it's run by oligarchs and uh, whichever way, as Todd said, that they go, which is why, um, which is why this, the, you know, the sanctions, they, they might be painful for a little bit, but what if you really want to hurt them, you put sanctions on the oil and, and gas, because that's, that's the reason why, as Ted Cruz has pointed out on numerous occasions, that's the reason why we're in this uh, position right now is because really the entirety of Europe had no leveraging, had no leveraging uh, ability because they had given that uh, to Putin in terms of their their energy consumption and needs. And so, um, yeah, the, the way the oligarchs go is really going to be telling about this entire thing. If they're willing to hang with him, then that's fine. If uh, If they start getting a little bit skittish and their bottom line is starting to hurt a little bit um, or depending on uh, on their kids and family as well. I don't know. I don't know. You know, if it's a butt daddy uh, scenario, um, I want to go on the yacht, but uh, the evil Americans uh, took it away from me. What can you do about those types of things? I'm, I'm not kidding. I think those are that's that's what, what's going to be deter- determinative of this. So. In response to this clip we are about to watch, J.D. Vance is a Senate candidate in Ohio. He got absolutely trashed for saying this at CPAC over the weekend. Britt Hume of Fox News said that this was one of the shortest amount of times he's lost all respect for somebody. Was after he saw J.D. Vance say this. I've gotten a lot of flack in the last week because I have the audacity to suggest that before our leaders obsess over a Ukrainian and Russian border 6,000 miles away, maybe they better guarantee the sovereignty of their own country and their own border first. Makes sense, right? 
And the reason I say that is because we have a leadership in this country that is constantly focused on stuff that has nothing to do with citizens in our country, has nothing to do with serving the middle class citizens of our of my state of Ohio or all across this country. And ladies and gentlemen, it's just time to stop. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of being told that we have to care more about people 6,000 miles away than we do people like my mom and my grandparents and all the kids who are affected by this crisis. Aaron, I'll let you take a crack at this one first. Fake news or not? That's absolutely 100% on the money. True news, which is why, which is why he was flatly, uh, flatly rebuked, I guess, if you want to call it that, uh, for, for saying that. So yeah, I, I saw over the weekend, over the long weekend when you were down in Florida, multiple people, multiple people, the Brit Humes, Hume types, the neocon types, and even just regular kind of run of the mill, maybe a little bit right of center Republican, um, just condemning, condemning Tucker Carlson, condemning J.D. Vance. I've lost all respect for J.D. Vance for, for being so pro-Putin. This is... 100% as we pointed out yesterday. The same demagogic playbook that we saw two years ago. And it's the same demagogic playbook that we saw, apparently, uh, during the uh, lead-up to the Iraq War under GW. Um, it's absolutely shameful. But what J.D. Vance said is 100% true news, which is why he's being slammed for it. Because these types of narratives fester. Not only fester, but they are successful to some to some degree they are successful in an environment where truth is snuffed out where any any uh any form or attempt to find the truth of what's really going on as opposed to the narrative is in short supply that's why you've seen him get snuffed out for this it's the same playbook that was run two years ago and um it's just going to keep being played over and over again if you say that you care about grandma down the street, that's really funny. If you say you care about grandma, you hate you hate America. Where two years ago, if if you cared about America, you hate grandma. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. I thought Hume was interesting, and in because he was one of the first in more of a mainstream media posture that figured out something wasn't right with the whole COVID narrative, right? So, and he has been pretty aggressively questioning and. Uh, and debunking much of that, you know, I wouldn't say from the, he wasn't with the Steve Daces and Alex Berenson's and Justin, you know, hearts of the world, but you know, that amongst the, the more of a mainstream media crowd, he certainly was one of the first, uh, to question that narrative. All right. So what do you think, Todd? I hadn't seen that the way you set it up. I thought we were finally going to see somebody who just went full flat out pro Putin. Yeah. It wasn't anything like that of course that is true and what's weird about brit hume is picture he's a pretty well-spoken guy but that exact sentiment about many things is very MAGA. and brit hume spent a lot of time defending donald trump and MAGA. so what i what what was different about this you tell me i don't know Take, I, mean, I, 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 I don't i don't know the answer to that i don't Maybe if you want to claim, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can't. We've, we've demonstrated we we cannot do that. Uh, we 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 cannot. We have demonstrated over the course of this twenty of, of of this twenty first century. You know, we were the country that that figured out how to win a two front war: Asia, 
the Pacific theater and the European theater, right? Okay. Um, we can't walk and chew gum anymore as a people. We, we can't deal with our domestic issues any longer and also be a shining city on the hill to the rest of the world. We, we, we just, we can't. And, and, and this is where I think we have to be careful with conservative Americana projection. And, you know, you and I have talked a lot about this over the last few weeks, Todd, that, that the era that we grew up in. Yeah, the we are the we're America bitch effort. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And we're not that anymore as a people. And the world's not as cut and dried anymore as it was or it seemed to be in the 80s anymore either. And the reality is, um, (laughs) as a country, we're one of those two people, two groups of people on those two barges at the end of the dark night and the joker is like i just got to give him a little push you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. we're, we're hanging as you like to say by a very thin thread yeah. here as a people and i just i, I you know i've got to handle my own business first the plank in my own eye before i start worrying about the speck of dust and another thug tyrant despot who at this point in time frankly is not a threat to me can't do to me what my cdc has just done Which last week, tell the New York Times, we're not going to tell people what the true jab and unjab serious infection data is because we don't want them to come to the conclusion that the jabs don't work because that goes against our narrative. And then that was last week. That was last week, that story. And then this week, here's the new map. We changed the metrics. It's all over, all clear, back to normal. Right? Yeah. You want to talk about capricious, merciless, ruthless levels of authoritarian power. It doesn't have to come in a Cyrillic alphabet or from a former KG, high-ranking KGB official. That's from your CDC yes. as an extension of, of, of a White House that allegedly got 81 million votes. That's a gun to your head right there. Yes. I mean, people in Russia would feel very at home with that kind of government and ruling. They're used to it. That sort of capriciousness, that sort of mercurial, what is, what's today's new agenda, new narrative up and down, depending on what fits the agenda and narrative of those in power, right? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about Russian oligarchs? What about the oligarchs over at NIH? What about the oligarchs over at CDC? What about the oligarchs over in the Ohio governor, Mike DeWine's office? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the ones that are threatening me right now, not the ones over there in Moscow and Kiev. Next up, nothing to say about this other than Romney being Romney. Just more broadly, the pro-Putin sentiment that you are seeing from some corners of your party. Well, a lot of those people are, are changing their stripes as they're seeing uh, the, uh, the response of the world and the political response here in the U.S., But how anybody, how anybody in this country, which loves freedom, can side with Vladimir Putin, which is an oppressor, a dictator. He kills people. Uh, He he imprisons his political opponents. Uh, He has been an adversary of America at every uh, chance he's had. It's unthinkable to be. It's it's almost treasonous. And uh, and it, it just makes me ill. Todd, you're up first. Uh, fake news, because the appropriate answer for any self-respecting uh, dude is 
uh, who's getting set up like that by uh, shell uh, to shell by the press is to say, hey, Dana, remember when I uh, actually suggested that the Russians right. uh, were a little dangerous and you guys all laughed at me? Right. How do you like me now? See that? You totally lost an opportunity there. That was low-hanging fruit, and instead you slurped. Pathetic. Well put. Aaron? Yeah, it's uh, it's for sure uh, fake news. Again, I. do you guys know of one person who is one person, really, one serious person that maybe has an audience of some sort, one serious person who has literally can't... You know what? I think Putin has had a... Uh, I think Putin has a point invading Ukraine. Do you know of one person? I'm serious because I I've not seen one one person of of consequence with that with that reaction. It's all just uh, yeah. Um, if you uh, if you even have second thoughts about uh, intervening with Ukraine, you love Putin and hate America. So it's obviously the, just fake news. The most aggressive person is on the left. It's Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. And she's she's not pro-Putin, but she's saying, like, you, you guys keep poking the bear. The bear sooner or later gets mad. Um, you, you want to talk about fake news. Breitbart News just put out a video on the 10th anniversary of Andrew Breitbart's death with a bunch of famous figures on the right acknowledging his legacy. And I got to tell you, I counted at least seven or eight people that if Andrew Breitbart were alive today, he'd be like, crushing and destroying that person <laughs> really yeah like the kevin mccarthy's and mike pence's of the oh, world good grief i mean they're in this mike video pence. yeah mike pence the nikki haley's of the world are in this video <laughs> okay yeah i mean well I, nikki I, haley I, at least has a little edge to her mike pence yeah i i i i'm, I'm sorry i just <sighs> it just popped up it started auto playing in my twitter feed and i'm like you're not yeah, sorry. He'd, he'd destroy that person, crush that person, have that person exiled, deport that person. I mean, I just, I was, I mean, wow. Okay, let, let's move on. Let, let's move on. Um, final clip. All right. We, of course, must hear Trey Gowdy and Lindsey Graham's take. Senator, Republicans used to be tough on matters of foreign policy. Used yeah. to be tough on Russia. You, you still are. Where, yeah. what is the genesis of this notion that we're debating whether or not to side with Russia yeah. or a democracy? Yeah. Where did that start? Well, all I can say, there's a fringe um, element in both parties. He grunts like that in other settings, too. Out two days ago. 88% of Republicans uh, have an unfavorable view of Putin, 88% of Democrats. So we are the Ronald Reagan pro-freedom uh, party. Donald Trump kept uh, Putin at bay. He kept China at bay, and he put Iran in a box, and I miss him. But I've never been more worried about an escalation than I am right now. Putin is dangerous. And he's becoming desperate. Two things happened today you need to understand. He threatened the use of nuclear force against who? Well, Ukraine doesn't, Ukraine doesn't have nukes, but the allies like us do. And he also opened up negotiations without condition. Here's what I think he's going to do. I think he's going to play the game of negotiating to appease China. And I think he's threatening nukes because he's about ready to level a Ukrainian city and kill thousands of Ukrainians to break their will and to break our will. So anything we can do now to deter Putin, we should do. Aaron, you're up first. Fake news or not. So when uh, Lindsey Graham says that he misses Donald Trump, if Donald Trump, if you're listening to this, I wouldn't put too much stock in that. Lindsey Graham says that about a lot of guys. So just... Indeed. Um, Indeed. 
So where have you heard this before? We're unsure about the uh, origins or path of an unknown or a new uh, threat. We do know in years past about how you could deal with things like this. But instead of maybe trying some of those things, we are just going to jump to the all of the worst case scenarios instead of maybe trying to take a deep breath, assess, and say this is the best path forward that would be the best result for the most amount of people. Now that sounds like utilitarianism, but when it comes to uh, running a government in, in situations like this, you do have to make decisions because we live in an imperfect world. But instead of doing some of those things that we've tried in the past that we know have been uh, beneficial in situations like this, we're jumping to the worst case scenario and there's no other, there's no other, right. there's no other outcomes that can be, that can be entertained. We must just, we must just go exactly. He's going to kill, he's going to kill an entire city. Where have you heard that before, folks? Agree. Yes. Pop Culture Tuesday is next. So remember, I told you guys that when we left, we were leaving here for Florida last uh, Wednesday, it was going to be eight degrees and it was going to be 88 when we got there, 70 degrees warmer. It was actually 83 degrees warmer because it was five when we left here and it was 88 there. Massive temperature difference. So I told you I was going to bring uh, the uh, sweat block with me, see how it stood up. It, it freaking crushed, man. The sweat block deodorant. Um, not to get a little uh, TMI here, but I use the sweat block deodorant lotion for some of those uh, more uh, discreet locations that can get swampy, if you know what I'm saying. And it more than held its own for long, grueling days in the hot Florida sun when we still have that thick winter blood going. So, I mean, I just, I was again reminded of how good of a product this is. All right. So uh, you can even use, use the wipes, you know, if you've got a big job interview or a date or something else going on the next day, put those wipes on your pits before you go to bed and you're going to go for several days without having to worry about excessive sweat. So many great products they have for you when you go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code DACE. To get 20% off any of them, 20% off any of them. There's the deodorant right there that I used uh, while I was down there. Uh, 20% off anything you want to get or how many things you want to get when you go to sweatblock.com. Just use the promo code DACE at sweatblock.com. So Pop Culture Tuesday, I, I got this email from a buzzy in Gettysburg. Now, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I kind of think that's not his real name. What do you think? Buzzy. Buzzy in Gettysburg, I kind of think is not his real name. No. But we'll go with it. All right. And I, I, I don't know. I read this and I'm like, this is either a really stupid or a really smart take. And it's like, like nowhere in between. So I'm like, that's why we have to discuss this. And you'll see why we have to discuss it for Pop Culture Tuesday when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. He writes, 
Hollywood has conditioned the public into recognizing the battle between good and evil, but expecting a superhero to sweep in and save the day just when things look darkest. The spirit of the age is poised to succeed and defeat good because for evil to triumph, all that's needed is for good men to do nothing. The Second Amendment means nothing. People will sit on their hands, um, waiting, uh, and, and, and then you'll wait for a Savior to make it all better so that you can cheer that Savior. And then before you know it, it's too late. Captain America is make-believe. Superman ain't coming through that door. Now is the time for ordinary men to do extraordinary things, or the world as we've known it will perish in our lifetimes. I'm not optimistic. So the point he is making here is that now just because let me take a step back because I think this is a a take worth pondering doesn't necessarily mean I agree with it because there is there is a potential argument to counter his claim but I think his claim is worthy of considering and his claim essentially is Look at what our dominant entertainment is right now. A decade ago, it was, you know, apocalypses everywhere we went, right? Vampires apocalypse, uh, zombies apocalypse, apocalypse this, apocalypse that, apocalypse now. Okay, we, we couldn't get enough of apocalypses in the last decade. And, and what's happened in this decade is the glut of superhero entertainment. And he is saying that this is conditioning a generation, uh, particularly of, ma- of males, to just kind of remain passive and wait for the superhero to show up that will solve everything as opposed to taking initiative to confront their own issues. Before I get to what I think may be a potential counter to his point, let's just discuss that point in and of itself. Do you think it has merit? No. Tell me why you think it's a no. Let's just look at Marvel. So Captain America... What made Captain America Captain America was not the serum that was injected in him. It was picking up the, ca- the, the trash can in the dark alleyway and saying, I could do this all day. That, that, that's Captain Diving America. Diving on the grenade at the barracks. Diving on the grenade at the barracks. The scrawny little kid, basically. But then you look at other. Uh, let's look at Thor. Thor, he's a god. A demig- uh, you know, he is a god. The god of thunder. But even he... In the most recent arc, he had to be humbled. He had to face uh, the notion that at the end of the day, there was somebody greater than he. He had to wrestle with that. And then he had to pick himself up, back up and go out and, uh, and be the hero again. Iron Man, a complete billionaire, mogul, was humbled also uh, multiple times. I think the point of a lot of these superheroes is that what's really inside them is no different than what's what can be inside you and me. They just decided to act on it, and that's what made them superheroes. Not all the fancy tech, although that's super cool, and those are the tools that they had to use, but they used the tools that were given to them to act upon uh, whatever it was that was inside them, whether that's uh, truth, justice, what what have you. Um, and that's that's what makes them the hero, not necessarily all of the mythical, flashy, and technological stuff. 
Superman, you can make a little bit different argument. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just using Marvel as an example because that's the most popular. That's the most popular in America pop culture right now. All right. Aaron spoken. Todd, what do you think? I largely agree with it. I knew you would. Yeah. Fiction. Well, I love the superhero movies, but it's about fiction and obsession with it uh, is making us soft. We are addicted to it. I've made this point, but this is not one thing I will depart from. It's not unique to superhero movies. It's not like in the absence of superhero movies, we would have been, you know, fighting out in the streets and 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 going full uh, darkest hour. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But I've said it before regarding Braveheart. Steve, you and I were, gosh, what. The, I was like in our mid twenties, right? Yeah, when I, mean, I, I think out? it was twenty one when the movie came okay, out. Okay, yeah. You know, I, but that's why I say, you know, that rousing speech. Many years from now, when you're lying in your bed, would you give this ch- just one chance to say you may take my life, but you will never take my freedom? And the sore, it makes the way it makes us feel, and then we go out, and you know, we simply can't be bothered. We 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 are so filled with a lie inside of us that we. We think we believe in these things because we like watching them in the movies and they make us feel good and we choose these things when it's convenient for us over others and we can see the sacrifice, but we don't have to sacrifice ourselves. But then we just, how many, you know how many people are fans of these movies that are just total betas and can't be bothered for anything? This is what the book do what you believe. We Most people watch these things for entertainment and entertainment alone, and it's no better than uh, watching Tiger King and Chill at the end of the day because it does not translate into their regular lives. And so, yes, this is idolatry, and it is poison. If this is nothing but mere entertainment, but if you will not translate exactly what Aaron talked about, if you have no real Captain America in your heart in your own life then you know you may as well be watching tiger king because you're not i mean honestly you are you've been given solid food you've been given a way forward but you simply can't be bothered so yeah there's a lot of merit to this argument Hmm. why why didn't this deter other generations of humans whose cultures were steeped in a similar form of mythology. Agamemnon, Achilles, Hercules, Gilgamesh. They certainly had a lot of wars and a lot of fights and mm-hmm. a lot of testosterone and a lot of masculinity in the in, in antiquity, mm-hmm. right? In previous eras where similar mythological heroes and, and characters were dominant in all of the entertainment and storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. So why didn't it neuter the men of that era? Why has it neutered the men of this era? You, in every era besides our own, you could not afford to be as comfortable as we are and just put out life on autopilot. It's impossible. So then that's just a condition of that. That's true. Of, of oh, just, like I said, this whether, is whether not Whether these the movies existed or not, that would happen. That's though, right? what I said at the beginning. This is, the superhero movies alone, in, in, that would be wrong to say they did this but the comfort that you can glean mm-hmm. from watching the hero's tale and then turn around and be given opportunities to be a heroic every day and constantly take a pass that's because you're addicted to the comfort that the movie theater the surround sound the 
popcorn, the whole ball of wax see, this, offers. See, I, I agree with Todd as well. This is why the, the, the question was Hollywood has conditioned. No, you can make a lot of... You can make a lot of valid complaints about Hollywood. I know I'm breaking some new ground there, Copernicus. Um, you can make a lot of valid complaints about Hollywood. When it comes to the superhero genre, uh, at least in the last 10, 20 years, not a whole lot of complaints there because of the themes that they've actually, yeah. as, as Todd just said, they gave us solid food. So the reason why I said no is because Hollywood has given us solid food in the form of a lot of these superhero movies. Um, but I agree with Todd because it's not really Hollywood's fault. It's... It's the person looking in the mirror for not acting upon that which they've been hopefully inspired by. See, I think it's now you're getting to where I was going to go. I think it's actually worse than what he is claiming. I mean, it was Christmas time when Superman, the motion picture came out. I, after seeing that film, I could not wait to get home, grab a red towel out of the closet, put, uh, put it on underneath my, my shirt and tuck it in as a cape around my house, go around the neighborhood looking for people to save, looking for people to rescue. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, to, to, to follow that role model. See, I think it's worse because of what Aaron has pointed out, that they have given us actual real examples mm-hmm. of real heroes, real heroes that overcame their own basic instincts, their own flaws, uh, in order to become something bigger and 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 beyond themselves, and that still cannot motivate us, despite the fact we we receive this entertainment, yeah. and it doesn't motivate us. Yeah. I don't think it's debilitating us at all. I think it is demonstrating we're toast. Okay, and I'll give you another example. Now I can't wait to go see it. The trailers have been spot on. The reviews are off the chain. But what opens up this week? Batman. The Batman. I mean, how many more Batman movies are we going to have, right? Because he's the cash cow. I mean, he. I mean, anything you slap a Batman in a movie, guaranteed billion dollar enterprise every single time. See, if 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 what if what Buzzy feared is what was happening, then we wouldn't have gone ten years wondering if Henry Cavill is going to play Superman again, which is where we are. The transcendent, altruistic Ubermensch who shows up to save us, that's the one you kind of sit around, in my view, and and like, Superman will do it. Batman is broken. He is somewhere between um, emotionally disturbed to psychotic break, where really the real person is not Bruce Wayne. Okay? I mean, that's the fake. That's the mask. That's the facade. The real person is the vengeful vigilante who can't ever leave Crime Alley where he held his mother Martha's pearls in his hands after Joe Chill murdered them in cold blood. Her, her, him and his dad, Thomas. He can't ever leave. He can't, he's never. He's always 10 years old in that alley. He cannot move on. He cannot be healed. He cannot be whole. He can't do this for... He, this is how he works out his own brokenness over and over and over again. Okay? He wasn't big enough that day to rise up and defend them. And so ever since then, every everything is crime alley. He can't ever leave. This is a very broken and a endemically flawed hero. And we can't get enough. We can't get enough. You can't have enough actors playing it. You can't reboot it enough times. I mean, I'm reading reviews. This is darker and grittier than Christopher Nolan's. 
I'm beginning to wonder, is the movie even in color? How do you get darker and grittier than what Christopher Nolan's version was, right? We can't get enough of this character because the idea of the, of the, of the person who has every advantage but still can't be made whole, cannot be saved, is, is suspicious of everything, distrusting of everything and everyone. Even those that he's aligned in the fight against injustice and evil with, he doesn't trust. One of the famous, one of the most famous runs of the Justice League comic is when it's discovered that Batman has actually harvested, has been harbaging, I'm sorry, has been harnessing the weaknesses of all the other various members, just in the assumption that they would go bad. And one and a supervillain finds this out one day, gets all of, all of the weaknesses of all the other members of the Justice League, and wipes them all out because of Batman's own suspicion of his fellow heroes. That this is nihilism. This isn't heroism. It is nihilism. He never he never leaves Crime Alley in the current iterations of Batman ever, and we can't get enough of it. See, I think if what Buzzy feared was happening, it would be the Superman character that we can't get enough of. It'd be the transcendent model of Ubermensch, uh, small p or small m messianic perfection that we would be. I, I, we, we, dude, we got a brilliant Superman movie from Zack Snyder, an incredible performance from Henry Cavill. Just toss that thing aside. Give me more of the more of the broken billionaire who can't leave, who can't get over what happened when he was ten. Give me more of that. I, I don't think it's what I think it's it's fascinating what Buzzy is suggesting, but I think it's the opposite reaction to what he fears is that our our heroes don't transcendently inspire us anymore we want to bring them down to our level we're broken we can't be saved we can't be healed we can't move on someone said something racist to me once and so the country's systemic systemically racist i didn't get something i wanted once and so the country's unfair there's a lack of justice. I'm not given the fulfillment that I want. Someone must pay for this. There must be vengeance. Justice is unattainable. Overcoming that adversity, being made whole, being using it to do, to, you know, to make myself a better version of myself. What does Michael Caine say? What does Alfred say to Bruce Wayne? The city needs Bruce Wayne more than it needs Batman. His ingenuity, his resources, his profits, his, his, they need Bruce Wayne more than Batman. We don't ever get, we don't, we don't want that. We want them broken and busted. So give me more. Give me now a freak show, Bruce Wayne, who doesn't even pretend to be a billionaire playboy, the new one. Give me one who right now is just like a Kurt Cobain knockoff. I, I don't think we're motivated by transcendence at all. I think we repel it. Just my two cents. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.